0: When it comes to having your home cleaned, you don't want just anyone doing it. You want the same cleaning team that provides a consistent higher standard of cleaning every time. Sounds like you need to call MaidRite of Duluth. Made Rights cleaners are consistent, insured, bonded business owners that use the best practices and products on the market today, such as the patented EnviroShield home protection disinfecting system. Life is short, clean less. Call MaidRite of Duluth today and leave the cleaning to us.
1: And welcome to Strategic Insights Radio. This broadcast is being sponsored by Made Right of Duluth and hosted by the CEO of Sterling Rose Consulting Corps, Vlad Ruse. Vlad is a serial entrepreneur who currently owns four companies ranging from two years old to over seven years old with net revenues of over $175,000 to over $5 million dollars. Today's show will discuss different sales techniques that can help further a small business owner and small business sales teams. We are honored today to have the founder of Small Business Samaritans, Philip Saxton, on the program. Philip has started and operated many small businesses, in addition to being named Small Business Commissioner for the State of Indiana, to being invited to the White House to meet with President Reagan. Philip was formerly Vice President of eBusiness for the Unisys Corporation, working up from positions of national director of e-business and southern regional manager responsible for 14 states and Washington, D.C. for Unisys. Prior to Unisys, he worked for IBM in various sales management and corporates management positions, as well as worked for Digital Equipment Corporation as sales director for large systems accounts and as business development manager. Philip has sales and consulting experience with 14 different industries, and he's trained thousands of salespeople in the art of making sales calls, presentations, and closing business sales. He was an education center manager for IBM, where he helped develop detailed sales methodologies the company used in training salespeople and sales engineers from all over the world. Philip also developed the logical selling process, which provided IBM salespeople with great advantages over competitors. In addition, Philip has received numerous awards and citations, He has served as a member of the Private Industry Council, 100 Black Men, board member of over 10 companies and nonprofit organizations, and won the coveted Casper Award in journalism for his leadership of Visions magazine. He was also a member of the Planning Advisory Committee of the Board of Commissioners and helped complete the 2030 Gwinnett County Unified Plan. Philip is an active member of the Gwinnett Chamber of Commerce and is a member of the Partnership Gwinnett Committee. Working with Gwinnett County leaders on improving the quality of education. He's a charter member of the Tequila Lions Club and a basketball coach in recreational basketball for teens and adults. And Philip also has his own radio show on Star Radio Biz 1190 a.m. on Saturdays
2: at noon. Wow. All right. Vlad, the floor is yours. Thank you, Mike. And <clears throat> thank you, Philip, for being on the show. Um, quite an impressive resume accumulated over the years. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about uh, Small Business Samaritans?
3: Well, the idea came up from my uh, reading the story of the Good Samaritan in the Bible. Uh, as you remember, there was a fellow who was had been beaten, robbed, and left for dead, and there was this one guy who was from Samaria who really stopped and helped him, brought him back to life, uh, took him to an end, paid for his recovery, etc. And the thought occurred to me that businesses really need a lot of help. They need a little more help than just training. They really need someone to come alongside and walk alongside them to help them become successful. So that's our motto. We come alongside and we walk alongside.
2: So what's the goal of Small Business Samaritans?
3: Uh, The goal is to really not just teach people, but to actually help them. Uh, many small businesses, for example, don't have uh, outstanding uh, or any sales training whatsoever. Uh, and so we will come alongside and help them, train them in sales, but also make calls with them, you know, do presentations with them, go visit customers with them so that they can really get an understanding, a clear understanding beyond just being in a classroom of what sales truly is all about.
2: Yeah, definitely. And um, from personal experience uh, for, and, and setting up uh, companies and helping people set up their companies and write their business plans. A lot of times they just don't have a good grasp of their sales process or how to go through the process of getting sales and instead of just waiting for it to walk in the door.
3: Right. Yeah. Mo- most people don't understand that that to be a good salesperson is to be a servant and that your real goal is to serve others, is to help them Uh, see things differently and to understand what their needs are and then to come up with creative solutions to those needs. Uh, Your ultimate goal as a salesperson is to get them to uh, make a decision. That's all it is. It's not necessarily to persuade them one way or or another, but to give them all the information that uh, that they need in order to make a good decision for themselves and for their business.
2: Exactly. And um, so I wanted to get a little bit more also into the logical selling processes that, that you help develop and, um, and other sales methodologies. So when we're reading up on the logical s- selling process, obviously the seven main parts include first the presentation before, you know, the, the preparation before the meetings, then the opening and introduction followed by needs identification, and then the summary and confirmation of needs. And then the salesperson provides a solution overview and, and trial close and objection handling before moving on to the next steps and then the close. And uh, on, a, on a personal note, I don't want companies come and try to pitch to me. They really don't understand that my company, what we do, what our needs are. It, and, and I think for a lot of companies and for a lot of people that really ends up being a, uh, you feel like you're being sold to and nobody wants to have that feeling. <laughs>
3: No, you really want to build a relationship over time using utilizing the logical selling process. This all came about by my asking a very important question when I was running the IBM sales training program, and that is, what is it that our best salespeople are doing that our worst salespeople are not doing? And when we investigated that and invest in, and invested some money in understanding that issue, we really came up with a methodology that is now being taught by various organizations around the country. And that is that any sales process can really be broken up into seven pieces. Uh, Those are, as you mentioned, opening, uh, we call it the initial benefit statement, understanding the customer's needs, presenting our solution, and then ultimately closing the business. But not only are you uh, implementing those steps in each sales conversation you have, the whole sales process, which could take as long as three weeks to three years, actually follows that same pattern. And it's based upon just really observing outstanding salespeople and and uh, understanding what they did. And then what we tried to do is develop this methodology so that we could help others through teaching them the same some of the same techniques. Exactly. And um,
2: my background when I first started was in sales I, and that I was working for Edward Jones and they have a great program for really teaching you how to do sales and um so that was uh and and before that i worked at best buy which again on for, for on the high school level i guess uh they still have a pretty good program I, I had good mentors that um helped me succeed in in that position as well so uh which always helped i mean i, I found that the, the sales training i received even though sometimes it can be uncomfortable for people because they they really don't want to handle objection they don't want to approach somebody and talk to them about their needs. Um, and uh, it, it can be a little bit frustrating. It can be a little bit nerve wracking sometimes, but I found that to be very useful training as a business owner for personally for myself, because as a small business owner, usually the owner is the one that's doing most of the selling.
3: Yeah. The, 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 the ultimate purpose of sales training is to improve your communication skills. And by, pr- by improving your communication skills, you'll end up with better results. Uh, I've worked with some small businesses, for example, that had, say, uh, five salespeople, uh, and they were doing about a million and a half a year with all five salespeople after we did some sales training. But it wasn't just training. It wasn't just attending seminars. I actually wrote with each of the five salespeople. I actually spent time with them, went, went out to dinner with them, uh, had lunch with them, uh, would make calls with them, met their customers. And after we would after we met the customers, we would go out to the car and talk about the whole process and everything that happened within that within that uh, uh, sales call. As a result of that, we took those same five salespeople and we increased their sales to 5 million. So we more than quadruple what those salespeople were doing by really enhancing their communication techniques and their understanding of really what the sales process was all about.
2: And I think uh, for, from a management perspective too, a lot of a lot of times management is not aware of what the sales process is or what the sales process that the salespeople are going to. So they might have a very beautiful blueprint of what, okay, well, this is how we make sales that the salespeople might not be following. It might, they might, uh, you know, based on their experience, they might have developed their own process. And then you also have salespeople out there following different, doing different things. Um, and, uh, a lot of times they don't, talk about the sales process with each other because they, you know, it's not really like something that they want to discuss, uh, not necessarily from, a, not the fact that they don't want to share, but there's just that doesn't really come up in conversation. Hey, how do you make sense?
3: <laughs> right. Yeah. It, and, and it's so important for managers to really understand what it is that they're doing and how they can help their salespeople, but also for entrepreneurs because the, the person that starts the business, the one that's running the business really should be the top salesperson in the organization and when that person really can improve their closing ratio then they can then help others within their organization do the same
2: exactly and um so i wanted to get back with a cu- couple of things that you mentioned here first one being that um a, a lot of times the sales process can take a long time and uh and i know personally for my business uh we we, we tend to follow a methodology of um, we, we continuously follow up with a lead, not try to be too imposing or uh, create too much of a disturbance, but just every once in a while, uh, send a follow-up email, us, a follow-up message. Um, and uh, because we found that even though a large percentage of the business that we get, we close within a couple of days, typically, we also have Uh, As we're growing our company and as we have a longer sales database, a larger sales database, uh, recently we've actually had, I would say about 40% of the business that's come in has been from leads that we've initially identified or that we received over six months ago. And uh, some of them even further back than that. And I think that's also an important fact for business owners to remember sometimes as well. I think people sometimes give up too easily.
3: Yeah. Uh, the lead development process for most companies is probably the most important thing that they do. Uh, but yet it is the thing that most people spend very little time thinking about or following up on. Uh, when you go to a networking group, for example, and you pick up business cards, what do you do with those business cards? Or when p- you pass out business cards and people want to meet you and they get your business card, it always amazes me that they don't call. They, you know, I, I'm a prospective customer, and when they don't call me, then it it really says something about that organization uh, in a negative way. And so, good sales organizations, or good companies, really have a lead development process, and they know how to handle neat leads, and they know how to develop relationships. Uh, doing the doing the uh, sales process. But in many cases, when you're talking to a, a, a little bit larger company where multiple people are involved in that decision, then that's when the logical selling process really applies. Let's say that you are selling a, a, a technology solution or you want to sell some digital marketing solutions to a company you identify that there perhaps could be three different people in that organization that really will ultimately make that decision. It would be the business owner. uh, It may be the CFO or the person that handles the financing, and it could be the general manager. Now you're going to sell one solution to three people, but all three will have different needs. And so it's important for you to understand what those needs are from each of those three people which really means that you've got to spend time with all three understanding what those needs are and then present your solution in light of solving the needs for each of the three people who are the, who are part of that decision-making process.
2: Yeah, and I think a lot of th- that definitely becomes a, an area where sales training really helps uh, sales representatives, uh, anybody that's in sales when, it's, when you're dealing with multiple people. And dealing with a, a lar- longer sales process, dealing with a complex sales process, uh, because then a lot of times you get that objection from the person that maybe you haven't identified or haven't spoken to. Uh, that, you know, and and I think, for example, one of the um, in in the traditional world sense, uh, one of the good examples of that is you know, husband and wife walk into an, a dealership to buy a car. And, uh, you know, salesperson is trying to sell, sell the husband on it, but the wife's control, you know, controls the money. So it's like, well, you, you can sell them all you want on it. But she's going to say no. <laughs>
3: that's right. I mean, I think, I think that's a classic example. Uh, same thing is true. Of buying a house, you know, uh, you're going to sell a house to a couple. You better satisfy the needs of both of the individuals who are buying that house, not just one. Exactly. And uh, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back.
0: Are you thinking about starting a business? Does your business need a loan or investors? Are you ready to grow and succeed? Then you need to call Sterling Rose Consulting Corp. Call Sterling Rose Consulting Corp at 470 238 9097 for more information or to schedule your free business consultation.
2: And we're back. We're uh, talking today with Philip Saxon about sales techniques uh, about small business samaritans about uh, how to improve sales uh, for yourself personally for your company if you're running a company so recently i read an interesting statistic from inside sales that 44 of salespeople give up after one follow-up and that 80 percent of sales actually require five follow-ups do you find that it's true do a lot of sales people just give up after one follow-up and uh and, and really, I mean, you're, if you need five follow-ups, that means you're really you're, uh, you have an 80% probability that for that follow-up, you're not going to get the sale.
3: I think that's true. Um, most people don't follow up at all, or they may do one follow-up. And you can't really sell anything uh, following up one time. Uh, one of the purposes of the sales process is to develop a relationship you know, uh, how are you going to have a relationship with, with someone by following up with them one time? You know, it's sort of like, uh, if you're single and you meet a very interesting girl that you want to, you want to date, uh, you know, you, you, you really have to spend some time with that person sharing experiences and inviting her out and going to the movies, having dinner, It's no different than in in the sales process that you really have to develop a relationship because people really enjoy doing business with people that they like. It's not just that that alone is the objective because they're also going to make good sound business decisions, but they're going to make those decisions with people they like and people who they feel really care about them. The only way you can do that is to follow up and follow up and follow up. There are a lot of people uh, who are very successful in sales. Let's say in real estate, uh, those people who establish relationships over a period of years uh, uh, really are the ones that are successful in real estate. When you first begin to meet someone, if you're a real estate person, that person may not have any real estate needs at all. Uh, It may be five years later that they decide to sell the house and who are they going to call they're going to call the person that invested that 5 years establishing the relationships and so sometimes the process of actually uh, selling something or benefiting from the process can take an awfully long time
2: yeah definitely and what i've also found out as a as a business owner uh, you have to tie that back in with your branding strategy and with your advertising and marketing strategies because in the same way that your your salespeople are out there building relationships, uh, your company's out there building relationships too through that advertising and, and branding initiatives, and uh, it allows you more so than just being having to follow up constantly on a personal level. Uh, a lot of times that follow up can be also on a on a corporate level as far as they see a they see your your logo somewhere, they see something about your company, uh, so that allows them to keep your name fresh in the top of their mind for when they do need that service.
3: Yeah, that's this really exciting time that we live in now, particularly as we moving into digital marketing. As you know, I've been involved with the internet and internet uh, development for a long time. And when we first started uh, implementing in- internet applications, we really didn't think too much in terms of, of marketing and sales. Now, uh, the Internet and digital marketing has actually changed the way people do branding, marketing, uh, and sales uh, because we are moving more from a shotgun or mass media approach to a targeted approach. Uh, And it is now relatively easy to target your clients because of the information that's out there. And when uh, 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 when you know who your clients are, then you can implement a digital marketing program targeting them, educating them over a long period of time before you might actually close a piece of business. Exactly, and that's uh, that. That's where
2: you have to really take into account not just um, a marketing strategy, not just uh, uh, advertising strategy, uh, and I, I think uh, that's very important for business owners to to understand when they're. Thinking about purchasing some advertisement or spending some some money doing advertising because you have to really understand who your clients are and which clients you're trying to build relationships with that are going to be a fruitful business in the future. So, I wanted to get back to a couple of things that we mentioned previously. And um, so, as you know, uh, Sterling Rose Consulting works across all different verticals. Um, and we do that by focusing on the strategy side of a business more so than, than operations. And that allows us to have that specialty across multiple verticals. And I know that you work across different verticals as well. And uh, right now we're up even working on a project together. And uh, w- so with all of your experience working across different verticals, what have you seen that are some of the biggest or most unique challenges that, that business leaders, sales teams have as it relates to growing their sales for their companies?
3: I think the biggest challenge that I see, and, and, and I, I do business coaching as well as uh, working with small businesses, and I think the biggest challenge that I've seen is not either not having a vision or having a very small vision. If you want to have big success, then you've got to establish big goals uh, and that you've got to have big faith. If you establish small goals, then you will achieve at a small level. And so many, most people that I talk to who are business owners really don't have a broad, all-encompassing vision. You know, we, we really need to work more with them to expand their vision and teach them how they can achieve it. Because if you don't have a big vision then you're not going to have goals to achieve that vision, which means that you're going to spend most of your time achieving small results. So are there any tools that
2: that you recommend or that, that you help establish for businesses in creating their vision, creating their sales story?
3: Well, you know, uh, when I first started Small Business Samaritans, I ran a lot of seminars. And uh, as a matter of fact, we were doing 24 seminars a year. And I became frustrated with that process because although people would come to the seminars and they would learn, they would then not go back and implement what they had learned. And there was a disconnect between what they were learning by attending a seminar and actually having it have an impact on their business. And that's when I began to do more coaching, so that I can show people exactly how to do it. I think everyone in business needs a a coach. Every person needs a coach. If you're going to be successful in life, you need a a coach. You need a life coach. You need a business coach. You may even need a physical training coach. You know, if you look at, at the success that athletes have, for example, they didn't get to where they are by themselves. It cannot be done. I've known people who've tried and you don't know their names because they're not playing in the NBA or the NFL. But those people who, through the course of the years, have found really good coaches, those are the ones who who ultimately end up being very, very successful. The same is true of business owners. Every business owner needs a coach. Yeah, and
2: uh, I've seen that. Quite a bit as well, and I think the the important thing that I've noticed the benefit of it is that you get a different perspective from from somebody that is looking at your organization more um, objectively. It allows you because as a business owner, you have so many worries. You got to have enough money for payroll. You got to you got to bill coming up. They got to be able to pay, and you got operations you have to manage. You have to you have so many things going on. Uh, sometimes it can be hard to see the forest from the trees. And uh, basically, I think from a business coach perspective, that a lot of times gives you that vision or at least forces you to stop every once in a while and, and analyze your business rather than just going through the motions and, and going through the motions without. Uh, and I think a lot of times business owners have those big visions and have those big goals when they start, but they just get get so tied up in the day-to-day operations of the business that they, they forget about them or that they set them to the side because they want their business to run perfectly all the time. And they just end up micromanaging way too much uh, to really be able to focus on the big success success for their
3: business. When I was a young marketing manager, I had the same problem. I thought that the organization could not exist without me. And so I devoted a great deal of my time just micromanaging and being involved in every decision that there was until one day through due to a very, very long work schedules, almost working 24-7, seven days a week, I passed out with exhaustion and I was away from that business for a week. And to my surprise, when I got back, everything was great. They were able to manage without me. Uh, and I think as business owners, we have to remember that, that, that really, you know, taking time out to talk to a coach and to do some other things really can be very, very, very helpful. Exactly. So um, tell me a little bit about your radio show. Well, my radio show is called SBS, Small Business Samaritan Star Radio Program, Standing Together Achieves Rewards. Or sometimes we say uh, standing together achieves results. Uh, I invite people to come on to the radio show uh, where they do about a five-minute podcast. Those podcasts are broadcast throughout Atlanta. As a matter of fact, the uh, the Salem Communication tells me that we have about a hundred thousand people listening to the show. Uh, most of which most people are business people, and and that's really wonderful to to be able to do that. But to me, the real value of it is not the broadcast element of the podcast, it is to be able to take that podcast and utilize it in other forms of communication, like doing email marketing, putting it on your website, uh, doing uh, using the podcast in, in a social media uh, uh, area. And when you do that, and, and, and we're really developing this whole technique where we're uh, taking podcasts and we're really beginning to now understand how we can add a, why fa- a wow factor to it. But I think that we're really in the process of perhaps changing uh, how podcasts are used by businesses and doing things entirely differently. And I hope that over the course of the next 12 months, you're going to see some pretty exciting things come out of this effort.
2: Yeah, definitely. And we've seen some really good um, results with doing similar things with our show and uh... We've actually noticed a, a big difference in the number of viewer or listeners uh, when we uh, put a video in with the show. Uh, so it's also you know, obviously social media, digital marketing is changing a lot. And there's always new and exciting things going on. And uh, there's so, much, so many methods for getting information out there to clients, which is really great for being able to reach them in the way that they want to be reached instead of... Uh, pop-up ads and you know, interruptive style of, uh, marketing to really be able to give them the information they want and, and help them even before they become a client and then offer more help as they become a client. So if somebody's um, interested in learning more about uh, how to do business with uh, Small Business Samaritans, how can they reach you and what kind of information should they be prepared when coming to you?
3: Well the the uh, best way to reach me is is to call me. And uh, you can reach me at 404-713-0991. 404-713-0991. The first hour or two that I spend with a with a client, I spend that hour or two free of charge. Just talking, just trying to assess whether or not I can help them. Once I understand what their needs are and how I can help them, then I will then propose that we do business together. And here are the things that we, we will do next. But to get the process started, if someone who's listening to this show would like to talk with me, just call me, 404-713-0991. Or you can go to smallbusinessamericans.com uh, website.
2: Thank you. And uh, one last question. Are there any special plans to grow Small Business Samaritans over
3: the next couple of years? Yeah. You know, I have, I also have big visions and, uh, you know, one of the things that I would like to do is to replicate myself is to figure out how I can find other people who I can train to do the things that I do. And not only do them in this local area, but do them in other cities around the country. Great. Well, thank you, Philip, for being on the show. Really
2: appreciate it. Uh, a lot of great information. And, um, again, we appreciate you taking time out of your, your busy day and, uh joining us today.
3: Thank you very much for having me.
1: Thank you, Strategic Insights Radio, Vlad Ruz of Sterling Rose Consulting Corps, and thank you, Philip Saxton, founder of the Small Business Samaritans. Strategic Insights Radio is sponsored by Sterling Rose Consulting Corps and Made Right of Duluth. For a free download of a white paper discussing the sales techniques to enhance your business's success, visit strategicinsightsradio.com. You'll also be able to find out more information about our guest, Philip Saxton, as well as the sponsors Sterling Rose Consulting Corps and Made Right of Duluth. You can also call Vlad Ruse directly at 470-238-9097. Future downloads of this show are available on iTunes and SoundCloud. We'll see you next time right here on Strategic Insights Radio.
0: When it comes to having your home cleaned, you don't want just anyone doing it. You want the same cleaning team that provides a consistent higher standard of cleaning every time. Sounds like you need to call MaidRite of Duluth. Made Rights cleaners are consistent, insured, bonded business owners that use the best practices and products on the market today, such as the patented EnviroShield Home Protection Disinfecting System. Life is short, clean less. Call MaidRite of Duluth today and leave the cleaning to us.